What's happening, everybody, and welcome into the inaugural episode of Previewing the Pokes. I'm your host, Josh Criswell, University of Wyoming beat writer at YO Sports. We got a lot to get into today. Got a really special guest coming up that I'm going to introduce to you in just a few seconds. But before we do that, just want to give you a little bit of a preview on what to expect from the show going forward. Our plans to release a new episode every Friday throughout the football season, and if this thing gets traction, hopefully keep it rolling throughout the year. Also, make sure to subscribe to the YO Sports Podcast, hosted by David Graff and Robert Munoz. Got a great show this week. Talked to Coulter Nuanez of ESPN Missoula and Skyline Sports, as well as a very special guest, former Wyoming offensive coordinator and current Montana State head coach, Brent Vegan. As for today's episode, going to talk to somebody that Wyoming fans know very well and someone that himself knows the Pokes as well as anybody, and that's Hall of Fame broadcaster Kevin McKinney. You can hear him on the radio dial for this weekend's game alongside Dave Walsh. You can also catch him on the Conversations with Kevin podcast, a great show that helps provide unique perspective inside the UW Athletics Department. But without further ado, Kevin, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to chat with me today and welcome to the show. Well, you're more than welcome, Josh. I think it's good to start with the oldest guest you'll ever have uh, as your inaugural day. And uh, I have seen a lot of Wyoming openers, a lot of Wyoming football, so I'm really looking forward to this one on Saturday. Yeah, and I mean, we'll, we'll dive into the game and the team a little bit, but, you know, first things first, with this being my first UW season opener, you know, what, is there anything in particular that I should expect? And for, for you personally, you know, what's your favorite part about Wyoming game days at War Memorial Stadium? You know, it, it always gets me every time uh, our horse and rider races across the field before the team comes out. Uh, uh, Lane Roms is the rider, and uh, he comes barreling across the field. Probably not many venues in the country have something like that to start their game. So that's always fun. But uh, I, I think just the atmosphere, the tailgate atmosphere is outstanding here. Uh, many places do have great uh, – uh, tailgate uh, tailgating we really have developed that here at, at Wyoming and I think people really look forward to it and it's just a great atmosphere uh, a, a nice fall clear fall day in Laramie at 7200 feet uh, is pretty hard to beat yeah I'm really looking forward to it I've heard that the view from the press box up there is spectacular so I'm looking forward to that looking forward to checking out the tailgating scene you know uh, Nick Seaman over there at UW he kind of gave me a little bit of a preview yesterday of what to expect so I'm planning to get out there a few hours early and just kind of soak it all in yeah and I, I think that's a, a great way to enjoy the uh, the whole scene is to get there early uh, they have a lot going on in the uh, indoor practice facility course out in the parking lot as well but it's just uh probably the best gathering place in wyoming for the state of wyoming and i think there are probably people that don't get to see each other all year long until the six days of of cowboy football at home and that's that's very special it, it is a great wyoming gathering place really looking forward to you know spinning ahead to this week's game and just this year's team for me one of the first things that stood out to me whenever i talked to players for the first time at media day about a month ago was pretty much how upfront they are all are about how you know their goal this season is to go out there and capture the program's first mountain west championship you know someone that's around this team a lot every day what is it about them that makes you think they can go out there and accomplish this goal well i think in a lot of ways josh um to a man, they were embarrassed about how last year went. It, it did not go well. Uh, they lost their starting quarterback the third play of the game. 
uh, of the first game, and, and it seemed to go downhill from there. And, and I know they believed they were better than the way they were playing. They had a couple of very embarrassing games, of course, at Colorado State. When uh, your arch rival beats you like that, that's really hard to handle. And then the New Mexico loss uh, later on in the year, the Lobos had lost something like 20 in a row, and, and, and they stopped that streak against the Cowboys. So those were games that I'm, I know uh, are sitting deep in their craw, and, and they, they're a veteran team. There's a, a, a lot of guys who played a lot of football, and I think they believe that uh, uh, they're good players and, and that they've seen a lot of things and that, uh, you know, uh, with a few tweaks in, in the offense and uh, uh, the, the way the defense has, has practiced, I think they feel very good about themselves. But I think they feel like they have uh, a score to settle, so to speak, with, with the, the league and, and the schedule because of the way they played last year. Everybody had much – higher expectations than uh, they ended up producing. So I think that uh, there's a lot of guys out there that, that want to show that they're better football players. It's a better football team than what happened last year. You just got to throw that out. Uh, that, that season for many, it, it was just, uh, you know, uh, forget it happened and, and, and move on. And they're anxious to move on. As you mentioned, lost their starting quarterback the third play of the game last season. But Sean Chambers is back, recovered from a third consecutive season-ending injury. And it's really unique. You know, I look at Sean, and obviously a very dynamic runner. Coaches have talked a lot about how he's improved in the passing game this fall. But probably the biggest thing that stands out is a 9-3 and record as a starter. I believe the Cowboys have won less than 40% of all other games during that span. You know, Kevin, for you, what is it about Sean that makes him so special not just as a quarterback, but as the leader of this offense. Yeah, I think that, that's that's what it is, Josh. He, he is a great leader. He has that uh, that special ability, and, and some people have it, some don't. But he has that knack uh, to have people believe in him. Uh, he's a great human being. If, if you sit down and talk with Sean, you have to like him. And I can see why people want to follow him, and, and I, I can see why he's a natural leader. Uh, he has had a great record while while starting. There's no doubt about that. Uh, by his own admission, he he had to become a better passer. And I think that I think of all the things that I'm looking forward to on Saturday is to see how he does uh, throwing the football and, and how how he's improved in that area. But yeah, we all know he can run, and he, he's we all know he can move the team down the field. But really anxious to see how he fits into. Uh, some of the newer parts of the offense and, and uh, um, you know, how he throws the football. He's a leader, and the kids really like him. Uh, I, I think that uh, he's, he's the kind of guy that great competitor. And, you know, I, of all the kids, I think I'm rooting for him most because he's had such bad luck and he just keeps coming back. Players appreciate that. Uh, I, I think there's some guys that would have just finally said, heck with this. I, I, it's just not in the cards. But they all see how he fights back and how he um, works so hard to get back to, uh, to help them and, and to be a part of the team. And you know they appreciate that. And, and uh, so rooting for him. Uh, obviously, he's got to have a good year for the Cowboys to have a good year. And uh, I, I really think he will. 
uh, he's ready to do this. And, uh, just knock on wood that uh, he stays healthy, which he has not been able to do, but uh, it's about time, and, and hopefully this will be the time. Speaking of guys that can run the football, I think you know the very first thing that stands out to me about this offense, probably aside from just the incredible depth that they have on the offensive line, you know, well over 100 career starts between all those guys up there. But, you know, one thing that really stands out to me is the running back position. You know, you got Zavian Valaday and Trey Smith, obviously, you know, Titus Swin coming back, and then DQ James, the one of the two true freshmen that, you know, the coaches seemed like they couldn't stop talking about during fall camp. Just seems like a really explosive playmate. As someone that's been with this team for a while, maybe you can answer this question. This is Wyoming's deepest backfield since when? Well, maybe ever, actually. Uh, I, I think uh, I, any of the three, uh, or maybe even deeper than that, it could be a starter on, on a lot of teams. I, I think that, uh, you know, you've got uh, X is just, uh, I think he'll go down as one of the very best Cowboy running backs. Uh, he'll be among the, the conversation of, of all the greatest ever. Um, but how do you get more experience uh, than Trey Smith? And, and uh, you know, who, who's such a good back. And then I think maybe as talented as any of them is Titus. And he is uh, an amazingly gifted running back. And so it'll be interesting uh, to see how they're utilized. Um, you know, X is the man and, and, uh, he is somebody you absolutely have to account for defensively because he is so dangerous. But I'll be anxious to see how they catch out of the backfield. Uh, I'll be anxious to see how they block. But I'll be anxious to see how, how they're utilized. If, if uh, they're going to uh, – when they give X some time off and, and uh, uh, who comes in, it'll probably be Trey. But uh, how much Titus gets to play, uh, that's going to be very interesting to see that dynamic, um, but very few have the luxury what Wyoming has at the running back position. There's no question about it. I mean, uh, I, I think in years where we would have uh, died for any of the three to be in the backfield uh, here at Wyoming, and now they're all in the same uh, the same uh, backfield. But uh, it's it's a it's a necess- necessity because. You just never know. Running backs uh, are uh, they're susceptible, and and so um, you need to have that kind of depth. And I don't know that anybody, at least in in the Mountain West, has uh, depth better than the Cowboys. There. Another area that has a ton of depth is obviously the entire defense. I think they bring back 10 starters as well as a number of other guys that, you know, if not starting games have made key contributions, you know, throughout these past few years. Whenever you look at that unit, what would you say is the strength of the Cowboys defense? Well, um, I was going to say linebacker, but when Hicks left, that, that uh, maybe isn't the strength. Now, I, I think probably the, the front, uh, there's a lot of players played a lot of games uh, uh, and they played well. Uh, I, I think that, you know, Volte, uh, Rante Holt can be an outstanding player, um, knocking on wood again. He has to, to stay healthy. That guy is a lot like Sean in terms of he's battled back from three knee surgeries, two on the same knee, and uh, here he is. He's still, he's still out there. And uh, Again, the players appreciate that that kind of effort to 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 still play the game 
and I want him to have a really good year. He's very talented, and, and when he was healthy, uh, we saw a heck of a defensive tackle. So, uh, you know, the defensive ends, uh, Crawl is an outstanding player. Uh, you know, uh, Pate uh, can be really good. We don't know for sure about Solomon Bird, but we do know that Solomon is extremely gifted uh, at defensive end. And, you know, good bows, outstanding player. Uh, um, they, they just have a lot of good guys. And, and so I think you'd have to say that probably the front could be the strength of the defense. Um, you know, the, the linebacking core, maybe not as deep as we'd hoped coming into the year, but when you have Chad Muma there, you got to say that's a strength because he is uh, just a, a, a national player. He is really uh, a gifted guy, and he'll obviously lead the defense. But you look at those corners, uh, two guys who played a lot of football. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it, it looks good everywhere, but if you're going to pin me down, I'd say probably defensive front is the deepest and, and maybe the strength. You brought up Chad Muma, and kind of like you mentioned, you know, regardless of the depth situation there, I think whenever you have him out there, you know, one of the best linebackers in the country, that's obviously going to be a strength for you. But, you know, one of the things that's really cool about Chad from just talking, you know, through him a couple weeks ago, I did a story, you know, about him going up to Camp Hope. You know, Chad obviously, you know, deals with diabetes himself, went up there and kind of, you know, served as a little bit of an inspiration talking to diabetic children a bit you know, Camp Hope, you know, for you, whenever you see Wyoming football players, you know, out in the community doing things like this to, you know, help, you know, in Chad's case, you know, help kids that are dealing with a lot of the same struggles he did, you know, what is, what kind of pops in your head whenever you see that kind of stuff? Well, you know, it, it pops in my head uh, how important uh, these student athletes are to people, especially children. And, uh, you know, I don't care what level it is, there's just, um, they have the ability to to uh, make people smile, to, to make get people motivated, and you know the the, the fact that uh, if you see uh, uh, Chad Moomer come to your school or or to uh, Hope or whatever it might be, uh, it's inspirational to these these kids, and, and uh, it's inspirational to all of us because we would love to do what they do. Uh, we, we don't, we aren't able to do that, but we, uh, live through them, so to speak. And, and, uh, to have them come in the community, uh, knowing what commitment they make to, to school and to the, the program, uh, it's, it's really a big deal. And I know those kids really appreciated him. He's a special guy. And, you know, I, I knew his dad real well, of course, who played here. Ty was an outstanding defensive back at Wyoming and, um, uh, I, I get a kick out of Chad. I, I've asked him a number of occasions, who do you think is better, you or your dad? And he always says he is. So <laughs> I think his dad would agree. Um, but Ty was a heck of a player uh, out of Wyoming, and, and you always love that, uh, to have a native son play. But Chad is a, a very special talent and a very special guy, as proven by what, what you just talked about. So I think it's uh, – it's a great inspiration to young people to have these guys uh, sit down with them and visit with them and, and talk to them about things, about football, but about other things. And I, these kids, um, I was talking with a, a professor yesterday, as a matter of fact, and, you know, when I first started here uh, many years ago, a lot of the 
majors were physical education, recreation. Uh, it's amazing what these young people major in now and what they want to do with their lives. Uh, you know, microbiology and uh, engineering and just on and on. Uh, if you go down the list of majors, whether it's football or basketball or volleyball, whatever it might be, uh, it's amazing how special they are. And, and uh, uh, when they get out in the public, um, that really shows up. And, and uh, uh, I, I'm very proud of them. And, and you know, I, you just uh, they keep us young around here. That's why I've been around so long. And um, they're they're great in the public. Uh, they don't always have a lot of time to do it, but when they do, it's, uh, it's very special. Going away from the game a little bit, you know, for you, I know you host the, uh, the weekly conversations with Kevin podcast, and I know this is probably a little bit different for you being on the other side of the mic, so to speak. But, you know, I was, I was watching back and saw a clip from earlier this summer, you know, where, uh, you had a chance to, you know, be the, the interviewee, um, and your son, Sean stepped in and, yeah. you know, interviewed you for that. You know, if you could, you know, just describe what that experience was like. Well, it was extremely emotional to start with. I, I, I uh, it didn't, I had no idea that it was happening. And, and so uh, I, I uh, wasn't sure who it was going to be. I thought it might be Dave because uh, Nick Seaman, who's, who produces it, uh, said, we're going to have a special interviewer on with you today. And so I thought it was going to be Dave. And when I heard Sean's voice, it, it was, uh, I, I can't tell you how emotional that was. And, and uh, to have him interview me and, and, uh, uh he, he thought a lot about it. He uh, prepared for it. Uh, I was really proud of him. Uh, I, I really enjoyed that visit. Uh, that'll be one of the most special things I think that's ever happened to me here. But uh, man, I I was uh, emotional. I was glad it wasn't on uh, <laughs> Zoom uh, because the tears rolling down my face. But I, I really enjoyed that. And it is a little odd uh, for me to be interviewed because I'm always interviewing uh, like you would be too, Josh, but um, I, I enjoy the visits and, and uh, it's it's really a lot of fun to do these things. Well, Kevin, just have one last question for you. Obviously, you're going to be on the call this weekend and the Cowboys are approaching a sellout for Saturday's game. What kind of goes through your head when you start thinking about the fact that you're going to look out and see a packed crowd at War Memorial Stadium this weekend? You know, I'm really emotional. Uh, I get extremely emotional because I started coming to games here as a, a young guy in 1958 and so i've been around wyoming a long time and and so it's really the brown and gold deep in my soul but uh to see the crowd and, and it'll be stripe out day so that's uh, really cool how they all get into doing that i get really emotional and uh, uh I, i'm very proud of the, of the place and the, and the school and the effort that i know everybody in the athletic department puts forth for these events but uh, to see all those Wyoming fans who are just the best in the world, uh, you know, when you think about uh, how far they drive and, and uh, through what they drive, and, uh, you know, I know I know a lot of people who make it a, a two-day trip. They stay in the middle of the state, like in Casper, come down, go back, stay in Casper, and then go home on, on uh, Sunday. Uh, that's a heck of a commitment, and, and uh, I, I'm very, very proud of them. They're very passionate, and that's why I know the coaches and all of us want us to do well for them. You know, you want you want the kids to do well for the kids, but 
I really want them to do well for all those people who wear those colors. And, uh, you know, they're not the easiest colors to wear sometimes in terms of what, what you can wear with what, but, um, they're unique and people love them and, and, uh, it's great to see them. You just heard from Kevin McKinney. You can hear him on the radio this Saturday, 2 p.m. kickoff, Wyoming against Montana State, starting this 2021 campaign at War Memorial Stadium. Kevin, really appreciate you taking some time to chat with us today. Uh, my pleasure, Josh. It's good to see you every day at practice, and we'll see you on Saturday in the press box. You just heard from Hall of Fame broadcaster Kevin McKinney. If you want to hear more from Kevin, make sure to tune in to the Conversations with Kevin podcast, as well as this weekend's season opener and any other Wyoming football games throughout the season. Now, as we plan to do every week, going to close out the show by answering some of the biggest questions surrounding the Cowboys as they head into this week's matchup. If you want to ask a question I'm happy to answer on the show next week, shoot me an email to jcriswell at yosports.net or hit me up on Twitter at Chriswell underscore sports. With whatever questions you have, I'll get to it whenever we get to the pod next week. Look forward to having some engagement from all the fans and the listeners out there. For this week, I'll dive into some of the questions that have been asked to me, whether fans, fellow beat writers, that kind of want to get a little bit of insight into the pokes, and hopefully I'll do a good job of answering some questions that you guys might have. You know, First off, one of the things that I've heard a lot about is the familiarity, I've written about it myself, you know, this familiarity between Wyoming and Montana State. Obviously, some very uh, familiar faces on the Montana State coaching staff. Brent Vegan, most notably, former Wyoming offensive coordinator, coached with Wyoming head coach Craig Bull, dating back to Bull's arrival at North Dakota State in the early 2000s. Now Vegan's the head coach at Montana State first career head coaching job and there's always questions about you know how much is that going to actually play into the game personally and just from talking to different players and coaches it doesn't seem like there's really going to be that much of an on-field impact you know I think that there's obviously something to watch there with vegan's familiarity with a lot of the Wyoming players especially starting quarterback Sean Chambers who he worked really closely with these past three years but you have to remember I mean all these things that Brent Vegan knows about Wyoming, Craig Bold knows just as well about how Vegan likes to coach. I mean, these are two teams that are going to have very similar philosophies, even with some changes for the UW offense. You're going to still see a lot of that power run attack. It also sounds like Montana State's transitioning to a little bit of a 4-2-5, which you know, is exactly what UW runs, something they go up against practice every single day. So I think any potential advantages by familiarity are going to be offset just by the fact that both of these teams seem to know each other pretty well, at least as far as the coaching staffs are concerned. As for Wyoming's new offensive coordinator, Tim Polisek, it's going to be interesting to see what changes there are and most notably, you know, what differences the fans can see. And I think from that aspect, I don't know if it's going to be anything drastically different. Still going to be a lot of those same power run tendencies, as I mentioned before. I do think one thing to definitely keep an eye on, I don't know if the Cowboys are going to reveal too many secrets on the tape this week, you know, against an opponent that they're over 17 point favorites against. But I think it's going to be interesting. You know, the Cowboys have talked a lot about wanting to stretch the field more in the passing game, you know, get guys like Isaiah Nayor involved, who just has incredible deep threat abilities, as well as getting those fullbacks and tight ends involved in the passing game. We've heard a ton about Parker Christensen, 
starting fullback and Trayton Welch at tight end. I'd expect to see both of those guys on the field together a lot, and I'll be really interested to see just how much they're involved in the passing game. Last last season, you know, uh, Wyoming didn't really get the tight ends going at all. Trayton Welch, you know, accounted for pretty much all of the tight end receiving production last season. So I'm interested to see how much of these changes as far as stretching the field through the passing game we're actually going to see. It sounds like the Cowboys are committed to it, but again, I don't know how much they necessarily want to reveal in a game that they should win pretty handily and also ultimately doesn't count toward their conference record. As for the defense, I think the Cowboys hold a pretty heavy advantage. You know, bring back 10 starters, including several impact players. You know, Ravante Holt been dealing with injuries. He's back to anchor that interior line. Garrett Crawl, obviously, at defensive end. But you also have a lot of other moving pieces. You know, Cole Goodbout, a really talented guy that stepped up last season in his first year as a starter. Jalen Pate, Victor Jones, they're two other guys that we expect to see a lot of this season. Um, Going to expect a lot of guys to kind of rotate into on that defensive line. I'd expect to see at least six different guys in the regular rotation as far as that position group goes. Going back to linebacker, I mean, the Pokes have maybe the best linebacker in the conference in Chad Muma and evidenced by him being on the Buckkist Award watch list for the preseason. I think it's safe to say he's one of the best in the country. Easton Gibbs, a talented guy that stepped up. I think he had 13 tackles in his only career start last season against Boise State. Really strong performance. And that kind of carried over. You know, he started out or came out of the spring, I think, behind Chuck Hicks on the depth chart. But throughout fall camp, you know, just continued to progress and ultimately won that starting job. Speaking of Hicks, that's kind of the one area I wouldn't say of concern, but it took the Cowboys linebacker spot from being perhaps the deepest on the team and one of the deepest in the country, especially considering they like to roll out two guys and kind of rotate in a third pretty regularly. That's not going to be an option. You know, Hicks transferred out, and then that kind of leaves the Cowboys with a little bit of an unknown behind them. You know, there's some talented freshmen in the mix, but it also doesn't seem like the Cowboys are necessarily going to go to that regular three-man rotation at linebacker like we're used to seeing. I think you're going to see a lot of Chad Muma, a lot of Easton Gibbs. And then I think, you know, if this game starts to get a little bit out of hand, the Cowboys get up a couple touchdowns, then we might finally get a real first glance at some of those young guys behind them. As for the secondary, there's a lot of talented pieces, but I think, you know, the two guys that I have to mention are CJ Colden and Azizi Hearn. You know, Greg Bull thinks the cornerback position is possibly as strong as it's ever been since he's been head coach. And with those two leading it, it's easy to see why. They have a ton of confidence, have a short memory, which is key at the cornerback spot. And I think that they're determined. You know, they've said it themselves that they aspire to be the top cornerback duo in the Mountain West. And I think they have a good opportunity to accomplish that. We'll see later on in the year as they get against some more pass-heavy teams. But I'm excited to see what these guys can do. You know, they've had a long time off from the field, but they've had a full offseason of kind of knowing that they're going to be the guys. So I think it's going to be big for them, and I expect those two to be a huge part of the defense. As we close out the show, I'm going to give you two players to watch as well as a prediction for the game. First off, players to watch, same position on both teams. Going to go with the quarterbacks, Montana State's Matt McKay and Wyoming's Sean Chambers. Sean Chambers won the starting job for the third year in a row. Coming back from a third straight season-ending injury, hasn't played a full game since that 2019 season, but there's been a lot of positive talk about him coming out of fall camp, especially after his second scrimmage. Seemed like he almost needed to maybe... 
I don't want to say shake the rust off during the first scrimmage, but maybe get back in the flow of things. And he did just that for the second scrimmage. Absolutely lit it up. You know, obviously he can do it with his legs, but I think one of the things that's given the coaching staff and team a lot of optimism is his growth as a passer. Then you go over to Montana State. Matt McKay, he's a very interesting guy. Haven't seen him yet in an MSU uniform. Came in, was a transfer from NC State, got the luxury of from them not playing this FCS spring season earlier this year, had a real full offseason to kind of learn Brent Vegan's offense, get accustomed to his new teammates. And, you know, for them, the Bobcats, while they might be a pretty heavy underdog against the Cowboys, they're one of the top teams in the FCS. And I think that quarterback position really could be the one thing that's separating them from being one of the second-tier teams at the FCS level to being one of the top national title contenders. So Matt McKay, obviously a lot of promise there, came over and took the starting job from the returning starter. So coaches obviously like what they see there, and I'm going to be excited to see what we see from him this weekend. As for my prediction for the game, I think it's going to be a close one early on. I think it might be a little bit low scoring in the first half. Wait till these offenses get going. Also, just two pretty stout defenses. So I think that might you know keep those offenses in check early on i think ultimately though the cowboys talent advantage is going to win out as the game goes on i have the cowboys winning 31 to 13 and i think really this game could go anywhere you know if montana state's able to get the run game going they're going to be able to keep it close obviously you know that's what they do best that's what brent vegan is known for is that rushing attack and then also it's going to you know take that time off the clock. So if the Cowboys are going to be able to pull away in this one, I think a big part of it's going to be stopping that Montana State rushing attack. Well, that's all we got for today's show. Thanks to everybody out there that listened. Look forward to talking to you every week, and I look forward to you guys getting involved as well. As I mentioned earlier, shoot me an email at jcriswell at wildsports.net or hit me up on Twitter at chriswell underscore sports. I look forward to answering any questions you have on next week's show. You've been listening to Preview in the Pokes. I'm Josh Criswell. I look forward to talking to you next time.